Welcome to Hydrant. Today we begin a brand new series of messages connected to the season of Advent. Advent is the four weeks that lead up to Christmas, and it's about a season of anticipation. Actually, this weekend marks the beginning of a new year in the Christian calendar. For centuries, the church has marked time by the life of Jesus instead of by the sun or the moon or seasons. And we said that, that according to his life, we're going to mark our lives. And so it begins actually not with the birth of Jesus, but with the anticipation of the birth of Jesus, with the, with the anticipation of the coming of the kingdom of God, with the anticipation of new life, of new beginnings, of freshness, of hope, of joy. And, and it comes as an announcement long before Jesus ever shows up. There are prophets who, who proclaim this, this prophecy that God was going to redeem all creation, that God was going to send his son, that God was going to do something that radically changed the world. But it felt like he had been quiet for so long, that people had had, had to struggle with this in-betweenness, with, with waiting, with wondering. I don't know about you, but this year has felt like a a long in-between. It's almost like a lot of life kind of got put on pause back in March, and we're still late November, early December in a pause mode in so many different ways. We, We celebrated Thanksgiving differently. We celebrated Easter differently. We've celebrated birthdays differently. Everything has been different for the last nine months. It's been this kind of stop, this kind of wait. We've waited on election results. We've waited on virus news. We've waited on antibody news. We've waited on on things to change. We've waited on restrictions to be lifted. We've been waiting for so long and, and with such hope, really. We've tried to hold on to hope and in the anticipation that a, that a new day becomes soon. And for us right now, as we go into Advent, we enter into these four weeks of waiting. But it's, it's four weeks of waiting in which a weary world begins to rejoice. There begins to, to be this resounding praise built within the people of God, within creation, this resounding hope, this, this anticipation that is built on a confidence that way, the way things are is not the way they always will be. In the book of Psalms, in chapter 27, verses 13 and 14, David writes these words, I remain confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and take heart and wait for the Lord. I don't, I don't know about you, but I don't like waiting. 
once I, once I buy Christmas gifts, I'd almost rather just go ahead and give them to the person right away. I don't want to wait for Christmas Day. I don't want to wait until I'm with them to, to open it. I want to just get it into their hands as quickly as possible. I don't like waiting. I don't like waiting in traffic. I don't like waiting at the grocery store. I don't like waiting in the doctor's office. I don't like waiting. There's something about waiting that, that makes me feel a little insecure. It makes me feel like I, I don't have control over things. It, it makes me feel vulnerable, and I, I don't like to wait. But we enter in to a new year, and we start a new year with, with four weeks of waiting, four weeks of anticipation, four weeks of faith. And it really is kind of this culmination of nine, ten months of waiting and hope and anticipation as we've been trying to figure out how to live in between. What does, what does life in between look like? In between the promises of God and the fulfillment of those promises? What does it look like to hold on to faith when it feels like life is falling apart? What does it look like to, to believe, to, to have confidence that we will see the goodness of the Lord in this life and that we wait on Him in strength and in courage? You know, I think that there are a few ways that we can focus on what God would do in us in the waiting a few ways that we can fuel the anticipation, a few ways that we can help ourselves be ready. And the first is to refuse to avoid emotions. We're going to feel lots of different things. We're going to feel lots of different things in an in-between season, in a waiting season, in an uncertain season. And, and there's all kinds of ways that we avoid those feelings. And I am king of this. We can find lots of different ways to keep ourselves busy. We just got to get up and do another thing, find something else to do, create something else to do. It's what so many of us are trying to figure out. It's why it's been so difficult to find bicycles, fishing rods, kayaks, exercise equipment, any number of things. Building supply prices have gone up as, as so many of us have been finding something to do in the in-between just to stay busy, just to keep ourselves doing something so we don't have to face what we're feeling. For others of us, it can be binge watching. How many whole seasons or uh, whole shows have you watched on Netflix or Hulu or Prime over the last nine months? We, we sometimes just sleep. We just, we just sleep. We sleep longer, longer, not just the eight hours that we need, but well beyond into a, a place where, where it's unhealthy. We're just sleeping because we don't know what else to do. And then it's food. <laughs> Food is another way that we avoid our emotions. When we're bored, when we're sad, when we're angry, when we're frustrated, when we're stressed, we just go eat something to feel better quickly and, and hope the emotion will pass, at least for the moment. Truth is, none of those things actually work. They end up making things difficult. But it's, it's been a part of our story, our story for a long time. We look in, in the New Testament, we see Peter. Peter has spent 
three years with Jesus as a disciple, following him, learning from him, trying to, to understand what Jesus is doing in the world, believing in Jesus as the Messiah. And, and as these final weeks of Jesus' life are, are coming to a close, he's, Peter has heard Jesus talk about dying. He's heard him talk about something changing. He's, he's heard him talk about leaving, and he's not really sure what he's feeling or what's going on or how to understand all of this. And then on his, in his final night before his trial and crucifixion, Jesus asked Peter and a few other disciples to come to the Mount of Olives and pray with him. And they, they come with him and and he leaves them by a tree and he goes off further, deeper into the garden and begins to pray. And after an hour, he comes back and he finds the disciples sleeping and he wakes them up. He's like, can't you pray with me? Can't you face this trial with me? And Jesus, he is, he is dealing with all of the emotion of, of what's coming. As he's, he said that he is so distraught, so emotional, that it's as if he is, he is, he is sweating blood. It, it is hard work. As he, as he unpacks and, and shares from the deepest places of his heart with God. And he needed his disciples' help, but he needed them to face their own emotions, to talk to God, to bring this moment and be in this moment. And they fall asleep again. When he wakes up, Peter's first action as, as the temple guard has come to arrest Jesus is to grab a sword and swing it. His compensation after this, this failure to deal with his emotions, it, it swings out in violence against others. And a lot of times when we're stuck in between and we're stuck in uncertainty and we're stuck in stressful situations and we're stuck waiting, if we avoid our emotions, we'll be like Peter and we'll end up lashing out. Hopefully not cutting off anyone's ear, but still hurting others around us. We have to, to listen. We have to listen to our, our bodies, what our, our bodies are telling us as they carry stress, as they ache and hurt, and they tell us to, to rest or to go or to be active or to eat well. We need to listen to our feelings. Listen to the emotions. Name the emotions that are, are coming up within us. Allow yourself time, even if it's just five or ten minutes, to think, to journal, to reflect on what you're feeling in this in-between time. Name the insecurities. Name the questions. Name the fears. Name the worries. Name the hopes. Name the dreams. Name them. Talk to God about them and listen to God. Allow him to respond to those feelings and to those emotions and to the, all of the things that you carry to see what is real and what is not real and to see how to respond to the different things that you're feeling so that you don't end up suppressing those things and they erupt out in hurting the people around us or ourselves. Or we remain so bottled up and frustrated and stressed and depressed. It's easy to go down those roads in the in-between times if we ignore our feelings. So don't ignore your feelings during this season. Feel the anticipation. Feel the hope rising that this will end. Feel the joy of each moment. Feel the sadness and the uncertainty. Allow yourself 
to go down those roads and to feel whatever you feel without numbing it, ignoring it, medicating it, or denying it. The second is to, to wait on the Lord. Wait on the Lord. Be still when you need to be still. Pay attention to God. Let Him lead you. Can you imagine what it must have been like for Noah? Noah spent decades building the ark and and then the storm comes and God is doing this new thing in creation and he's locked in this boat with all of these animals and he can't do anything. He can't go anywhere. He can't, there's no going out. Talk about quarantined. He was stuck for 40 days and 40 nights of rain and for all of the days and nights until the water receded. He had to just wait. And there are times in our lives when it's a waiting season. Advent reminds us of that as we wait on the birth of Christ, as we wait on the coming of Christ to break into our world in fresh and new ways, to break into our lives in fresh and new ways, to point out new pathways for new directions. As we wait, we are reminded that there are waiting seasons in this world that don't require us to go try harder, to go make something happen, but require us to be still, to slow down, to listen to God, to let God lead us, to let Him show us the path to walk, to tell us when to move and when to stop, when to go and when to be still. For a long time, one of the images that helped me kind of understand how my life and relationship with God works is a sailboat. And that, that it was almost as if years and years ago, he told me, your life will be like a sailboat without a rudder. I will tell you when to put up the sails and when to lower them. And then my spirit will blow and take you where I want you to go. But you've got to trust me for direction. You've got to trust me for the movement and the momentum. You've got to trust my timing. I need you to stay close to me, to walk with me, to know me, to wait on me. It doesn't mean we do nothing. It's a time of listening. It's a time of learning. And that's the third is we use this time to prepare. So we we don't avoid our emotions. We wait on the Lord And we use the time to prepare. If you think about the Apostle Paul, the one we knew as Saul, the persecutor, he had spent years of his life chasing down followers of the way, followers of Jesus, to imprison them, to torture them, to to even kill them. And then one day Jesus meets him in such a radical way that, that Saul shifts his allegiance to Jesus. He becomes a follower of the way with everything that he is, and he's sent as an apostle to the Gentiles, to the non-Jews, to invite all into the kingdom of God. But before he did this, he went back. He went back to Antioch, and he learned, and he prepared, and he studied, and he listened. And we can use these in-between times 
to prepare. We may not know exactly what's ahead, but we can begin to ask God to search our hearts and to know us. We can ask him to to purify us, help us to take the next step spiritually. God, is there anything in me that is offensive to you? Anything in me, any attitude, any any, any mindset, any thinking, any action that is sinful or broken or destructive, God, would you show it to me so I can use this time to build new habits in your help and in your spirit? Would you renew my mind? And would you help me as I, as I eliminate bad habits and develop good habits? Would you be with me as I, I learn? Show me what to study. Show me what to learn, what to, to practice doing for what's ahead. And to grow, to grow as a person, to grow in our relationships. It's a time to develop our skills, to hone our abilities, to to learn something new. It's an opportunity in the in-between when there are no spotlights on us, when there is no major task in front of us. It's a time we can just grow. And so we want to not avoid our emotions. We want to wait on the Lord, use the time to prepare but be ready to act. Now in the, the story of Jesus' birth in Luke chapter 2, there is this moment when his parents take him to the temple for the, the traditional time when they offer a sacrifice and they run into a couple of people. They run into a man named Simeon who had prayed that God would extend his life until the time when he could see his Messiah. And he, he went to the temple every day looking for the Messiah, ready to celebrate. Anna, a, a prophet, had spent her, her years as a widow in the temple, learning, teaching, sharing, waiting, being ready to celebrate the coming of the Lord's Messiah. And when Mary and Joseph brought Jesus in, they recognized the moment. They recognized what God was doing, and they were ready to celebrate. They were ready to praise. They were ready to embrace the opportunity to be a part of what God's doing. So don't allow yourself in an in-between time to slip into habits, to distance yourself from God, or to come into a place where, where you're not ready for the next stage, where you're not ready for what God wants to do in you, where you're not ready for him to provide something new because you've allowed these bad habits, you've allowed this brokenness, you've allowed yourself to to settle into the in-between. Instead, recognize that this won't last forever, that we will see the goodness of the Lord in the land, and so we wait on him with courage. Don't get stuck in bad cycles. Waiting is staying ready. Building anticipation for the moment. And praising and serving God as we wait. Sometimes all we can do is do what's right in front of us. So if we're, we're stuck in an in-between time, maybe the most important thing we could do is to, to create some simple boundaries for ourselves. To ensure we stay on a path. And maybe it's just as simple as, I will do no harm. I will make sure that during this in-between time, I don't do anything to harm my relationship with God, to harm the important relationships in my life, to harm myself 
are those around me. That I will, I will act in love toward those around me, ensuring that I am not causing hurt or pain or loss or harm. And maybe the second would just be to do all the good I can. I'm not sure what I'm supposed to do, so I'm going to look for every opportunity right in front of me to just do the good I can. If I can serve, I'll serve. If I need to rest, I'll rest. If I can go, I'll go. If I have to stop, I stop. I can just do all the good I can. I can't solve every problem. I can't fix everything. I'm not even sure what God's asking me to do next, but there's this good thing I could do on Saturday. I'm going to do that good thing. And then just stay close to Jesus in the in-between time. The key to holding on, the key to becoming, the key to being ready to step into the new day is just stay close to Jesus. When times are dark, it's not about knowing the path. It's about staying close to the one with the light. So stay close to Jesus in these seasons as we wait as we anticipate, as it feels even as if we had been abandoned. We lean in, embrace what we're feeling, waiting on him, using the time well, being ready. And, if, and in, at the very least, we refuse to do harm. Do the good we can and stay close to Jesus. Let's pray. Father, as we enter into this new year, this Advent season, we begin to allow our weary souls to rejoice even now. We rejoice in the coming of a new day. We rejoice in the ending of a pandemic. We rejoice in being able to come together again someday. We rejoice in the celebration of, of Jesus who has come into this world, who has given us back our humanity, who has embraced us with forgiveness and love and hope that gives us new life. And so we choose today to have confidence in you, knowing that we will see the goodness of the Lord in this life and that we can wait on you with courage because you are faithful. We know that. Remind us daily that we can trust you, that we can lean in as we wait in the in-between. May our weary souls Lead the way in rejoicing for a weary world. In Jesus' name, amen.